Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Step. Good morning, good morning, rise and shine. You're on with this due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Ah, we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew. And uh, the conversation, the relationship conversation was, hmm, why do men ghost, why do women ghost men? Oh, almost got that backwards. Ah, well, one of the things they said is, you are not taking her seriously enough. Mm. Wow. And uh, they said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The men were on the line and they definitely agreed that, you know, if you're not taking her seriously enough, uh, she just might put you in the wind. The other one, you performed terribly on the first date. Yeah. You know, this one gave us a little extended conversation, you know. One of our gentlemen said, you know, hey, you cut up or you act up or things don't go right the first go around, I'm not even bothering with you anymore. Yeah, she should ghost him. And, you know, the other person said, hey, you know, you never know. You never know. They just could have an off time. So, you know, maybe I give them another chance. So, you know, we got a little mixed feelings on that one. Uh, what else did they talk about? Mm. Uh, she says, you got too many people. Too many women, too many women, I'm going to have to put you on the back burner and be gone. And they said, "Up, oh, yeah, that one makes a lot of sense. Why, if she's already told you that she wants to be exclusive, unfortunately, yeah, that's not going to work. All right? All righty. Well, we had our switch 
tip for the year. The first switch tip for the year. The switch with Shantice was in effect on Monday morning. Stop loving this world. Switch number 173. Wow. Stop loving this world. Now, everyone who has given God their life started off loving the world. Yeah, and uh, as we found out, that was getting us nowhere. So when you hear, stop loving the world from someone who's giving God their life, yeah, I think you want to pay attention. I think you want to pay attention. Because they've already been there and done that, and they're letting you know that uh, it just doesn't work well. So I wouldn't bother. I wouldn't bother, you know. I don't know how a lot of people, um, you know, miss the fact that God says, if you love the world, you're at enmity with me. You don't want me. If you want the world, there's no shared ground. There's no middle ground. There's no little bit on the left and a little bit on the right. It's either you want me or you don't want me because what is in this world ain't got nothing to do with me. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it gets it gets real technical like that for the Lord. Okay, all right. Well, we walked up on. Let's talk about it. Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yes. Now we talked about Kingdom Business Season Two, Episode Eight, the finale, and we found out that uh, the big wedding. Did not go off. No, 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 no. Didn't happen. Taj and Essence did not get married. We found who had killed Raven. That's uh, Rebel's mama. Who killed Danny. That's Rebel's friend. And who killed this other guy who they tried to put all the killings on. And that was Darlene. Yes. Mama to Danita, yes, found out that she was the mastermind behind all of this. Danita did get her voice back. Yeah, she was singing. She was singing. She was singing again. But the cliffhanger for season two was the young man who came, you know, into Danita's life as her long-lost son that had been given up when she was a kid. Yeah, she was a, you know, a child mother. Well, that probably ain't her kid. No, 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 be supposedly had been raised in Africa and all that kind of stuff. Well, they showed him chopping it up with somebody and uh, an African dialect or whatever they talk out in Africa, he didn't have. So mm, that's how season to end it. All right, all right. Well, we walked up on Wow Wednesday with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment, and we talked about that uh, controversial conversation that I'm sure everybody's having now about the water bottles that are contaminated and are contaminating our water. Oh, up to 24,000 plastic particles that are floating around in our water. 
And uh, I don't know what we're going to do because yesterday I just dropped the bomb that that metal container, yeah, that personal water bottle that you are dragging around with you everywhere you go. Well, unless you do what you need to do, wash it out. That ain't clean either. So, oh, my goodness, I don't know what we're going to do about this water thing. And one of the wow stories of the week was about a couple out in Pittsburgh who went and withdrew $4,000 from the bank, put it on the kitchen counter, and within 30 minutes, the dog had eaten up the money. A loss? Nah, this couple was not taking that hit. They decided to uh, follow the dog around, check the stool and the vomit, and wash off all of the money that came out of the dog, tape it up, take it back to the bank, and they were able to retrieve over $3,000 of the money. So I guess, you know, they made out well. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our uh, socially conscious segment. Well, we got to talking about the things that women say they really can't stand about men. And one of the things, men never, men who never apologize. Yeah, that's like kind of a sore spot for many women. Yeah, you know, you can't really be nice if you never apologize. Everybody makes mistakes, so come on, come on, get that apology ready. Well, Women said they can't stand the men who don't listen to them. You know, I don't know. You know, maybe they just want to keep bumping their heads and running into the walls. I don't know what's going on. Well, another one was men who constantly test your boundaries. And that there would definitely get on my ever-loving nerves. So that's how we spent our Wednesday. Well, Therapeutic Thursday had one good topic, and that's about Jessica Alba and her 11-year-old daughter who are uh, in some type of power struggle. And um, she said, hey, we going to therapy because uh, we're arguing about dumb stuff. And um, she says she did not want her daughter to take everything she said, you know, as though she was arguing. And she wanted her to have an outlet, you know, to get this stuff off her chest and let her know what got on her little nerves. So, uh mm. That made for quite a bit of conversation because those of us from the old school and those of us from the older school, nobody, nobody went through that in their house where they got an opportunity to step up to mama and tell her what got on their nerves. So, listen, it was hot all week over here on this due time with Pastor Steph. I advise you to go back and listen to make sure you catch it all. Because if you missed one moment, you missed a whole lot. Okay? Okay. Well, today is Freestyle 
Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do and talk to the men is generally what we do. So we get to hear from them today, and uh, I think we got some interesting things to talk about, and uh, I'm going to give you a minute to go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. I'm going to give you a minute to go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. You're listening to WPSU's Health Minute, a collaboration with Penn State's College of Nursing. Glaucoma is a group of eye diseases that causes increased eye pressure, which can result in damage to the optic nerve, vision loss, and even blindness. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says anyone can get glaucoma, but the risk is higher for people with a family history of the disease, African Americans over the age of 40, and people over 60. Changes in eye pressure due to glaucoma can happen slowly over time, and there may be no symptoms. There's currently no cure for the disease, but early detection and medical treatment can help increase your chances of avoiding permanent vision loss. For more information, contact your eye care specialist and visit the CDC website at cdc.gov. Join us next week for WPSU's Health Minute. For more episodes, visit wpsu.org slash health minute. I'm Shereen Stanford, WPSU. Happened today, 
January 12th in history. Wow. Hmm. Amos and Andy. Everybody remembers Amos and Andy. You know, that was really controversial because some people did not feel like, you know, we should have been acting like a certain thing or a certain way. And, you know, it's old school, that slapstick humor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, although some liked it, some didn't like it at all. Some didn't like it at all. Ah, Dynasty. Excuse me, Dynasty. Everybody remembers Dynasty. That was one of the first evening soap operas that hit the air. Yeah, remember that? Dynasty. And uh, some people just could not wait to get to the... uh, (laughs) They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait to get in front of the... TV in order to uh, get to that dynasty. I remember that. I remember that. I wasn't a big. I wasn't a big dynasty uh, person, but uh, maybe you were. Ah, what else came out on January twelfth? Oh, now that was in nineteen eighty one. In nineteen ninety five. Malcolm X's daughter was arrested for attempted murder. Wow. Mm, That might be one you want to go back and look at. I didn't even know that. I wonder if it was connected to her father's death. Mm, I don't know. That just came across as a little interesting to me, so I thought I'd share it with you all this morning. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to do our, you know, I like to do like little celebrity news. I'm not going to do that because I've actually got some celebrity news that I want to talk about in my main topic. So, I did come across something that I thought was pretty interesting. And now, you know, it came across my mind that, hmm, you know, everybody's with this, New Year's resolution, or a lot of people have this New Year New Year's resolution, and you know some people, you know they really dig deep and they try to do things different and or differently, and some people make it, some people don't. Some people take this opportunity at the top of the year to think about some things that like have happened that, yo, you know I'm blessed, you know to really see that. This went through, and it just all kinds of things that happened at the top of the year. So when I came across this article, I thought this might be something that you would find interesting because I actually glanced um, at the first couple of things, and I was like, wow. So they say that these are things, some of the things that have happened to people that have really blown their mind. And I was like, wow, let me check this out. And when I did, I... uh came across some uh, some interesting stories. So, there's this young lady. She said, I had both of my fallopian tubes completely and successfully removed and still got pregnant naturally nine months later. 
She said, I had an ultrasound to look at the tubes, and there were definitely no tubes in there. It resulted in a healthy baby girl, but nonetheless, it's impossible. So, like, where did you carry this baby? Wow. Wow. That was crazy. That was crazy. Hmm. What else happened that somebody considered it was a blow mine? Hmm. Trying to look for a little short one here. I've known two families that live in different parts of Southern California. Each husband had the same first name and were high school history teachers and also cross-country coaches. One family had two children. The other family had two children with those same names and a third child who had been adopted. The families were quite surprised to find out about each other. Wow. Wow. So, you know, some things are just, are they really coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. Might think that that one was. Hmm. What about this one? Three out of four children in my family have the exact same month and day for their birth date, just different years. May 3rd, 1998, May 3rd, 2001, and May 3rd, 2008. Also, we were all born earlier than expected, and my mom wasn't induced, so us three having the same birthday was unplanned. I know there was a young lady that, there's a young lady that I know, and three of them have the same birthdays as well. Wow. Now, listen, if there's something weird but true, I'm willing to read it. So send it over. Send it over. Send it over. Mm. During a raffle at my local bar, I was offered the honor of picking the ticket for the grand prize, a TV. I picked my own ticket. People were upset. They thought it was fixed, but it was totally legit. Wow. Mm. One time I went into a McDonald's and ordered a coffee in Australia. And on the screen, it asked me if I wanted to enter to win free coffee for a year. And I was like, sure, because that will never happen to me. A few months later, I got an email saying I won free coffee for a year and was one in five others who won it. To this day, it is the greatest thing I've ever won. And when I tell people they can't believe I actually won something that you never hear anyone winning. And I guess that's why with the lotto and lottery, they actually have to show who the winners are because they have to, you know, show that the winner or winners are legitimate and end up not just making up stories and keeping the money. Uh, I was shopping at a grocery store, and they announced a, ooh, I didn't even know about this one. I just happened to mention it. And they announced a lottery over the intercom. All you had to do was find a random numbered sticker on the floor around the store and step on it. If that number was chosen, you won. I stepped on the number right next to me, and it was called. Uh, he said, I want cake. Ugh, okay. I'm from a small town. Saskatchewan of about 500 people went to Vegas with my family one year and who is our waitress at the hotel 
a girl from our town who we, of course, knew. Odds of that happening must have been crazy low. Mm. My first car accident, I was rear-ended by a lady driving a red Corvette. A year later to the day, I made a last-minute decision to drive an alternate route home from school, which happened to pass through the intersection of my accident to avoid the traffic. I got T-boned by a red Corvette. I now avoid that intersection on the anniversary of my accident. Wow. Wow. All right, let's see. All right, I just got a hit from a listener. Three generations of women in my family all have a mole in the same exact spot on our right shoulder. Wow. Coincidence? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. My BFF and I, who are from Philly, were in Rome on vacation and booked a tour of the Coliseum last minute. While we were waiting for the rest of the group to arrive, we heard someone shouting the Eagles chant. Random, but we figured someone in the crowd was maybe wearing a jersey and was being an obnoxious tourist. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, it turns out that our tour group had 15 people in it. 13 of us were Philly, South Jersey. All of us had randomly booked the tour that day, and we all lived about 20 minutes from each other. Wow. Wow. Hmm. I have anaphylactic allergy reactions to bee stings, so every week I would get shots of diluted bee venom in the hopes I would become less allergic to them. You have to wait 30 minutes to the, at the doctor's to make sure you don't have an allergic reaction. And during those 30 minutes post-shot, I was stung by an actual bee in the doctor's office. Mm, mm, mm. Like winning a really bad lottery, but I didn't have an anaphylactic reaction to it. Well, good for you. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Do you believe, like, in chance or, you know, things coincidental or, mm, I don't know. I don't know. You know, sometimes uh, things happen. Sometimes they're destined. I don't know. I don't know. My aunt kept her married name for 15 years after divorcing her first husband. She thought it would be easier to have the same last name as her kids while they were in school. A lot, of, a lot of people do that. After they were grown, she decided to go back to her maiden name. Less than a year after changing her name back, she started dating a guy who coincidentally had the same not super common last name as her first husband. Now they're married, and she took his name. So she's back to having the same name as her kids and her grandkids. Wow, so the grandkids must not have their dad's name because then that wouldn't have happened. Mm. Wow. I don't know, y'all. What do you think? Tell me. Why don't you send me a hit and tell me, do you think some things are, like, coincidental? Do you think, like, it's got to be God? You know, it's 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 hard to uh, to figure it out sometimes. Hard to figure it out sometimes. You just gotta 
hang with God. Mm-hmm. Last one. In 2000, myself and two besties had just checked into our Las Vegas hotel room for a long weekend trip. As I'm flopping on the bed after my seven-hour drive, my friend asks me for something, and jokingly I say, what have you done for me lately? As I finish my sentence, I flip on the bedside clock radio, and what have you done for me lately by Janet Jackson is playing, and the lyric is perfectly on cue. The radio was tuned into a station for whoever had listened to it last, and it and at that time, the song was almost 15 years old and not on the regular rotation. It was a stunning coincidence and so funny. Yeah, it happens like that sometimes. I don't know. Like I said, you know, as you go through life and you see things that happen, you know, it makes you go, hmm, raises your eyebrow, and you really got to wonder, you know, what what's going on here? So those may not have been exciting stories, but it makes you think. It definitely makes you think about things in life. So what are we going to talk about today? Hmm. Well, where are we starting? Okay, so this is like straight crazy right here. There's this 23-year-old woman who will have to do time in jail because (laughs) the Bronx resident, Alexis Adams, was on her way somewhere riding the Metro North. And she got into it with the conductor. Well... It was a verbal dispute with the conductor, but she ends up hitting the conductor in the face with a pumpkin. And then she ran off at the Mount Vernon station, leaving her purse and ID behind. So they ended up getting that stuff, and uh, it wasn't really bad, but... The conductor was taken to the nearby hospital, treated for cuts on her eye and ear that happened from the pumpkin stem. They arrested Miss Alexis, and she pled guilty to second-degree assault. So now she has to spend two years. She was sentenced to two years in jail, and she'll be required to do three years post so she'd be on parole for three years. And do you know why? You know what argument? Evading the fair. So now five years of your life, because you couldn't pay, what, three, four dollars, if even that much, depending on where exactly you were going. You know, people just don't make the best decisions. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Now, you're going to have two years to sit up in jail and figure out why you couldn't pay this fare and why you got into the altercation with the conductor. Because what people are forgetting, the conductors, bus drivers, motormen, 
people like that, they're protected. And if you assault them, you will do time. They've already told you. And this has been in effect for quite some time. If you assault anybody who works for those type of um, companies, you're going down, my dear. So, yeah, she's going to learn the hard way that she got to spend two years for something stupid. Something not just stupid, but real stupid. Now, talk about something stupid. Oh, gosh. So this is out in Belgium. They have this guy who's been arrested. The YouTube prank is in effect. So he was filming himself dumping buckets of various substances onto metro riders for hopes of what? The likes, right? Well, unfortunately, the YouTube uh, jerk mixed paint, excrement, sometimes it was dog excrement, and sometimes it was human excrement, and food, and threw it at the passengers. Now, he was intercepted by some police. Now, check this out. Now, this is why he is just, this is just dumb, dumb day. Now, at the time, he only had 300 subscribers on YouTube. So I, well, I guess dumb, dumb is, some people wouldn't say it was dumb. I guess if you had 300 subscribers, you really want to get your subscriber list up. Yeah, well, he got subscribers, yeah, in more than one way. He's 22 years old. He, that particular video got 34,000 views. And... This particular one that they looked at, he had a paint bucket with oil, beer, water, dog feces, and fallen leaves. So, who's watching you on YouTube now? Who's watching you on YouTube now? You got how many views? 34,000 views? Ain't nobody, you ain't looking at nothing and ain't nobody looking at you now. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. Oh, it's getting crazier and crazier. So, I don't know how big this was on the news or in the news. So, they've been really complaining about the Alabama prison system. Well, you'll hear why in a second. So there was a man, 74 years old, a charge, Charles Edward Singleton, who was housed at the state's Hamilton Aged and Infirmed mm, Custody Facility. He died on November, in November 2001, in Birmingham. After he was dead, There's a a law that says when a person dies in the custody, um, in prison, an an autopsy has to be done. 
So the family was to receive his remains. So they requested that they send the remains to a funeral home in a nearby city about two hours away from where the prison was. They said that they were then notified, the first thing was, that the body had decomposed too bad for viewing. So, of course, the family is now upset because, you know, you definitely want to have, you know, a viewing for your loved ones because of the decomposition. And they said the advanced skin slippage. They said then they were informed that he had no organs in his body and his brain had been removed as well. Now, they were also told that the organs are usually put in a bag and then put back inside the body following the autopsy. Well, that's also depending on how detailed the autopsy is. So if it's just a minor autopsy, they just kind of, you know, browse through the body, blah, blah, blah. But for whatever the reason was, this was an intense autopsy. And when they remove the organs to do the autopsy, that's what they do. They put it back in the bag and they put the bag in the body for the director at the funeral home to deal with, right? Well, there's this big issue now because they say that the um, the funeral home can't do anything with the body right now because they were saying a lot of the decomposition came from the time it took for them to do the autopsy and them sending the body to the funeral home. So there's a lo- there was this big gap and lapse of time. And I guess the family didn't know how much time it was supposed to take. And they say that when the inmate passes away, they transport the body in Alabama to the Department of Forensic Sciences for autopsy. And they're not limited to a specific region or anything like that. So it's really based on, like, where they send the body. And they say, again, based on why the, or what they think the, um, the, uh, the inmate died from so they're trying to figure out you know whether it's unlawful or suspicious or like natural causes now my thing is before we get to this additional story here within this you know article the man was 74 years old now i'm not saying that he didn't die from anything suspicious but how detailed does that autopsy have to be i mean come on y'all how detailed do you have to get for a person who's 74 years old? Now, they don't say how long he had been in the prison system, but, I mean, do you really have to take out everything and the brain? And 
Oh, my gosh. This should have been one where they kind of scathed the surface, you know, at least in my opinion. I mean, this is just what I'm saying based on they're not saying that they thought anything was wrong. Now, if you really thought something was wrong, then maybe. But if you don't think anything's wrong, somebody at, you know, almost 75 years old, you know, pretty much, you know, they've lived a lot of their life and, you know, probably have some health issues. And then if you spent any time in the prison system, then you didn't probably went through a little extra stuff because you're not you're not taken care of there. It's not like they get to see a doctor, like a real good doctor or whatever the situation is. So they say the problem really got accelerated because there was a 43-year-old who was incarcerated and passed away last November. And they, when they got the what do you call him, the body at the funeral home, he didn't have a heart. Yeah, they said the heart was removed from the chest cavity. When the family saw the body, there was bruising on the back of the neck and excessive swelling across his head. And they filed the lawsuit and hired their own pathologist to conduct an autopsy because not only did they not tell them why, he passed away or how he passed away they didn't have a death certificate either now see stuff like this absolutely absolutely now it seems like in alabama they're claiming that they're doing something with these people's organs in the prison system and they're saying those were just two cases that they're talking about, but there's been other other claims, and they said that oh, they uh they have the practice of freezing certain organs and retaining certain organs from the autopsies, but they're supposed to let the family know, but they haven't been doing that. So now you find a man with no organs or whatever at all. So. You have a, a man, 74 years old. Now, my question is, how good were those organs? Were those organs any good? That they could use them, but what they're thinking is that they are giving it to some, what do you call that thing? Like uh, there's a like a teaching school out in Alabama, and they need to have something to work on. Yeah. Oh, okay, here it is. It's the Alabama Hearsing School of Medicine. And they're thinking that they're giving them to the lab so they can experiment on or study them. So my thing is, why don't you just ask? I know somebody over the last few years, um, it was a woman, She's fairly young, like maybe a little over 50, like maybe 51, 52. She passed away from a heart attack, and they were going to have a memorial. She, she didn't have any children. She was married, and they were only going to have a memorial because she had donated her body to science. And her husband... Um, had made that decision as well, so maybe they figured that. I think there was some talk about 
that way they wouldn't have to go through funeral expenses as well as help out. You know, we talked about this before, about being a donor, an organ donor. And, you know, it makes sense. I mean, how do you find a lot of stuff that they find out? They don't find out from us being alive. You know, you have to find out from, you know, people who passed away. So although he was 74 years old, maybe the family would not have mind doing something like that. But you can't just take the people's body and do what you want to do with it. Come on, how many people would, listen, if you pay, let me tell you something. Some people, if you paid them $500, they'd give you the whole body and it wouldn't even matter. Yeah, okay, let us have a little viewing, then you take the body or whatever situation. Some people wouldn't mind maybe, you know, doing a memorial. Some people, if you know, if they're hard up for the cash, and I'm not being funny. I mean, this is serious. Some people, they wouldn't mind doing it. I mean, you got those low lowlifes that would just do anything for money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who really feel like, you know, they want to help and, you know, maybe they want to donate the body to science and I wouldn't be mad if the girls did it for me. I'm dead. I don't know nothing. Whatever God gonna do with me, God gonna do with me. It don't make me no difference. I keep saying burn me in the backyard. So if the alternative is to put you know, send me the science, send me the science. You know, I wouldn't care. And maybe some people wouldn't mind. Maybe they would have that kind of a heart. So why do this without asking? It becomes criminalistic. So now when they start doing this research Somebody's going to have to answer for this, these removals because one person, maybe, but two, three, four, ten, thirty, no, somebody's going to start asking some questions. And the worst thing you want to do is mess with people during this time. They've already lost their loved one, especially if these people were in prison. You know, but this man who was 74, he may have been there for a while. He probably didn't do nothing when he was 70. He probably, you know, he spent some time in there. And, you know, these people, you know, somebody young as the other guy, they want, you know, they want to put their family away properly. But who's to say that they would not mind donating, you know, the organs and still putting the body away properly? You wouldn't, wouldn't have to worry about certain things, you know. So... What are you going to say? You forgot to put the heart back in the chest cavity? It's one thing to say. You took the whole bag of organs and forgot to put that back in the body, along with the brain. You know, listen, that sounds like something that they would be doing, studying or experimenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it's better y'all do that than for these people to, to, to cut up your body. They kidnap you, cut up your body, and they start selling your organs and all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I don't know. This is my crazy way of thinking. Hmm. Let's see. I got one. Oh, I got an update. I got an update. So remember earlier during the week I talked to you about the woman who is in Florida who went to jail for the domestic violence um, incident where she ended up shooting her assailant. She was actually there waiting. She was going back and forth to trial, from what I understand. And I didn't realize that at first. So she was going back and forth to to court. She's on trial. And, you know, she turned up pregnant. She told her sister over the phone. Her sister started making some noise. So they're doing some, uh, what do you call it, investigating. Now, 
they're talking about this now because they're, mm, I'm sorry, I got so caught up in our body. Mm. I forgot why they even, what's the update? Okay, don't shoot me, y'all, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. Give y'all some uh, music. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Don't don't hurt me. Don't hurt me because I was completely lost as to why this was an update. Oh, duh. So they they're trying to now press because she's on trial. For the domestic violence And it is really appearing as though It was self-defense They're trying to get her house arrest So she's going to court on the 24th To see if they will let her spend Her time at home And they're thrown in this this uh, crossroad because she's not just being, she's got some incidences that happened while she was in there. She's got another issue where she's had um, some uh, fights with other inmates. She's got some other issues where um, she's had some other altercations somehow And what they're saying is She's being threatened Not only by the Now why would Here's the weird, here's the interesting part That's why I want to talk about it She's being threatened by the inmates But she's also being threatened by The workers By the correction officers Because they of course There's and they're saying the ones that should even be innocent because they're saying that they're mad because her if it's not a correction officer, then it would be an, 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 a male inmate. And they're saying that they're angry and threatening her because that would mean that they weren't doing their job. So they're not mad because... Somebody did something wrong It could be a correction officer They're mad because She's making them look bad By telling That she's pregnant Because that meant that they weren't Doing their job and paying attention Well you should be in trouble Because if she got Pregnant by another inmate That ain't no accident Some weird, who, who got the keys to the locks Nah 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 I hope they find everybody who did some threatening Because y'all all need to go to jail Everyone So now they're really trying to get her out of there The sister is really worried Because she still hasn't spoken She says she's in fear of her life So she will not tell anybody How she got pregnant And they're trying to get her out of there So that she can talk The, the, uh, the authorities the higher-ups are keeping their mouth closed. They keep saying, we can't comment. So this is all under lock and key. Ain't nobody saying nothing. But this is this is, this is is bad because I'm going to tell you something. I would not be surprised if you found her dead. 
I would not be surprised if you found her dead in all of this melee. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, I mean, the nerve, the nerve, the nerve that you would say you were threatening her because her telling she's pregnant. Well, I have a question. When she busts out with a baby and the family didn't know, then where was this baby supposed to come from? Because they keep saying that, you know, hey, we... We are, you know, once once you become pregnant or once there's a pregnant inmate, oh, they get the best of, of, of treatment. Okay. Well, now she's behind bars and she got pregnant. So y'all would have to treat her. It would have to be in her medical records. So how are you going to get mad that she even told? Either way, if she kept her mouth closed, somebody going to find out that she had the baby. Wouldn't you have to take her to a, a hospital? They don't deliver babies in the in the, in the the prison. You know, they all stupid. Let me talk to my Pastor KL and see what he's got to say, because I'm sure y'all tired of hearing my voice. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm okay. (laughs) Oh, let's talk about some of this stuff here. All right, so we're going to get rid of that story. Uh, I got a question. So you got this man. Ooh, we've we've talked about this stuff before, and you know, just your, pick your brain. He for YouTube. Listen, um, views rather views. He's got thirty four thousand views on one of his videos, where he is shown throwing a paint bucket of oil, beer, water dog feces and fallen leaves on the passengers of a train and this there are several videos on his site that show that he's been doing this for for a few times so finally he was arrested and uh there are about seven it's in there at least seven of these videos what kind of time should he be facing, and what should he be, what, what kind of charges? Well, well, first of all, you know, if, if if you throw feces on me, the train is going to derail, and you won't have to do time. <laughs> because you will no longer be here. You know, I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm just saying, you, you, you throw feces on a train full of people, and you can get arrested. I mean, within that by itself, you know God. Because that's a miracle. Because I, I can't see how you're still alive. You know, um, right. but first of all, I, I, I think that that's dangerous. Um, I, that that's, that's an assault. Listen, if you spit on someone, you know that's an assault? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just by spitting on them. So here you are, you created a concoction to throw on me. Yeah, yes, you should be in jail. For for ten years per person, if not for life. Mm, wow, wow. I'm kind of in agreement with that, though. I don't think it should be just one particular sentence. You know, that's just ballpark number. I think you need it needs to be per person, and I think it needs to be, yeah. Serious because you're talking about dog feces and all of that kind of stuff. You don't know what 
that could do to a person. And he's been a char he's been charged with assault and battery, damage to property using violence and property damage. So if he got that for that assault and battery for each person, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be no one year, no two years. Nah, he needs to be smashed. You're 22 years old. You know about the next time you looked at a person. You know mm-hmm. about the next time you looked at somebody on the train. Wow. I agree well, with you, if actually. It's seven, if, it's seven, if he's 22 years old and, and it's seven people, and I said 10 years for a person, you ain't coming out. Well, listen, it's not mm-hmm. seven people. It's not seven people. It could be more than that because, no, 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 listen now. He mm-hmm. has a total of let me let me say let me let me give it to you because I just passed it. He has a total of sixteen YouTube videos. Period. At least mm. seven of them are oh, okay. of this magnitude. So uh, yeah. if he got five years per person, it could rack him up to not coming out. Because if he did three people times seven, you know, that's, right, that's right, a right. pretty number. So like you said, you know, based on that, he ain't coming out no time soon. He ain't coming well, out. in hell you shall lay your head. Mm, mm. Boy, that's deep, Pastor Kale. That's mm. deep. Okay. I want to hold this last story. Um what do you think, you know, because I'm coming back, because this is in your neck of the woods. All right, so what do you think about this Florida woman who showed up pregnant in jail, and now they're, everybody's mad that the inmates are threatening her. And I personally think that the inmates are threatening her for the correction officers. I don't think they're mad personally. But they have the inmates that are threatening her now. They have the correction officers who are threatening her because She's shedding light on the fact that they didn't do their job. They want to get her out on house arrest because it's no longer safe for her to be in there. She's not talking at all. She, they have asked her over and over again. They've pulled her into that. She hasn't told the sister. She has not told the authorities. She is not talking. What do you think about all of this stuff here? Well, a lot of things. First of all, okay, so if you're threatening me, I'm not saying nothing. Because you already want to kill me. And there, there's no get out of jail free card yet. You know, a lot of, you can have a lot. You know how many people in jail who's getting out and ain't get out yet? You know, so yeah. there's a whole lot, of pro, whole lot of promises. You know, I, I can't afford to talk. Not only that, you know, some of the inmates are saying, hey, you're about to mess up our good thing. We're already here. We ain't getting out. But but we got certain things going on. We got contraband coming in. Every now and then we can get a piece, you know what I mean, if you will. You know, now you're shedding light on, on us. You know what I mean? It, it's about to be ugly because now they're going to get strict on us. How dare you open your mouth? But as you, as you say, when that belly keeps getting big and I get a, and I get a, a visit from, from, you know, mama or, or daddy, what am I going to say? Right. You know, I, right. I, got the, I got the stomach mumps. I'm not penny in good times. This stuff don't happen like that in real life. Yeah. You know, so I'm not understanding. Yeah. I, I, it's this, this here, I, I'm really hoping they get her out in time 
because I would not be surprised if they found her dead somewhere or, or really hurt or something. Because I, if they're threatening her for the reasons that you said, you know, from the inmates, if they're threatening her um, for what we've heard from the um, from the staff, yeah, they need to get her out of there quick. And my thing is, why is there even a um, even a hearing? The twenty fourth. They need to remove her from their period and then do right. your investigating. Am I crazy? I mean, what are you leaving her there for? Crazier right. things I mean, have happened. So so, so what's going to happen? You know, and, and this is a bad situation where it, it's going to make it where accidentally, you know, and I got my fingers up in quotation, she had a miscarriage. Yep. And then if, yep. she, had, if she has a miscarriage, then guess what? They're going to say, they're going to sweep that under the rug. She really wasn't pregnant. Yep. Yep. Well, she's almost four months. So some kind of showing is happening. And the other thing I'm not really figuring, I can't figure out is, how come the sister hasn't visited? They keep saying that mm. she spoke to the sister on the phone. Well, she's not allowed any visits? So yeah, they haven't I'm about to say, she allowed to Right, uh, you know, they they in the first article earlier this week, they did not say that that she wasn't allowed any visit. They just said that the sister, she's called the sister, and in the conversation, she mentioned to the sister that she was pregnant. So my thing was, I can't see not being on the first, you know, ride out there to see about my sister because you you can't talk on the phone, but you could surely talk in person. So for whatever right. the reason is, there's 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 still no visit. And, you know, I don't know, you know, what what they're waiting for. I really think, and, and whether it's a miscarriage, whether it's her death, whether it's another issue of her, her safety, I think it's really negligent on the, the system to even leave her there. I, I really think it is. They just, First of all, she wouldn't have to tell you they're threatening her for you to know that they're threatening her. That's what they do. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do. They threaten them for less than that. So you know, pull up out of there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Sister ain't making enough noise, or they're not. It has to be some emergency thing that they can do. I don't know, Pascal. All righty. This last story. Out in Alabama, Birmingham, you've got this issue of the 74-year-old man who passed away in prison in one of the Alabama prisons, and when they the family sent the word to send his body to the funeral home, they did. But when the funeral home got the body, he was very much decomposed. They said something about the slippage of the of the skin or whatever the situation is. Yeah, skin advanced skin slippage. Not only that, but then they found that he had no organs and. They knew that he should have had an autopsy because anybody who dies in the Alabama prison system, they must have an autopsy whether they think it's like foul play or not. But they normally take the organs, put it in the bag, put it back inside the body. Now, that does not include the brain. That does not, that, that's separate. So not only did he not have any organs, he did not have a brain. So that was the first problem. But when they go and they review the records, come to find out that not that long ago, the same thing happened with a younger 
43-year-old inmate, and when the family saw his body, there was bruising on the back of his neck, excessive swelling across the head, and the funeral uh, home told her he didn't have a heart in his chest cavity. So, what do you think is going on in Alabama? Well, first of all, you know, I, I'm appalled and I'm offended that you keep on getting stories for Alabama. So I just want to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not picking them geographically. I just pick up the story and they just like, voila, there's Alabama again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, we just get a lot of stuff. I, I just think that you're targeting, you know, on Pastor KL. However, you know, I, I don't work in, the, in, in this system. But um, I, I think it's, it's crazy, and, and I think, you know, it, it's a moneymaker. You know, it, it's always been a moneymaker. You know, all, all across the board, doctors have done it all the time. You know, saying it's like a side hustle, if you will. You know what I mean? And, and we, we, we've seen it. We've heard it. So this is definitely nothing new. We just got caught. But, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, they just started it all. Anybody just started it. We just got caught at it. You know, it's like the man who, who smokes weed all the time, and now I got caught with the weed in my car. I ain't just start smoking. I just start getting caught. So that's where that is. Yep. Well, that's 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 my thought. You this ain't just started. Now it's beginning to spill out. This ain't the first time that they've done something like this, and you actually don't know how many other people have this same um, complaint, but just not from the inmates. You don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know whether it's from nursing homes, you know, uh, certain uh, wings in the hospital, elderly people. You don't know what they're doing and what they have been doing. And now it's just shedding light on all the stuff that's been going on. But they didn't catch this in the beginning, and I agree with you. Nah, that ain't happening. They ain't gonna be so so fortunate to catch it in the beginning stages. Nah, nah, nah. Let me tell you something. You've been getting away with this for so long that you didn't mind taking the whole bag of organs, Pastor KL. See, when you first mm-hmm. start, you take the heart. You first start to take the kidney. You know, then take the kidney and the pancreas. You're not taking the whole bag and the brain. Nah. Right. Y'all been right, doing right, this, right. and now y'all done got that comfortable that you figure ain't nobody going to make no noise. We were getting away with it. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Well, Pastor KL, it's just you and I hanging out together today. So uh-huh. I'm going to talk about a couple of crazy celeb stories. Now... I want to talk to you about the one that I I had first, which is crazy. Now, Wiz Khalifa, I'm not, you know, really um, familiar with this particular artist, but he's pretty popular because I have heard of him before. So, he's a, a 36-year-old rapper, and he was on... A, he was on an interview, he was giving an interview, and he talk, He was talking about his smoking habits, mentioning weed a second ago for you. And he told them that 
he makes it his business to show up to his son's parent-teacher meetings high because he wants them to get to know the real him. He says, uh, hell yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up stone. They expect it. It's not like back in the day where you're concerned, where you're considered a bad parent if you smell like weed. His son is 10 years old. This is the son that he has with Amber Rose, for those of you who know uh, Wiz Khalifa. And uh, he says, I'm pulling up stoned. I'm pulling up high because I want them to connect with the real me. They're not going to fake. They're not going to get a fake version of me or this made-up parent that society makes you think that you're supposed to be. That's not how I'm going to be living my life ever. I don't know because I can't smell. I don't know what they're smelling because I can't smell it. But I'm pretty sure I smell like like pot. Oh, Lord. Now, he's also one who has his own brand of weed called Khalifa Kush. And he's uh he's bragging about this in the um in the article that he that he did. Now, at the same time they're mentioning that Mark Wahlberg and everybody knows Mark Wahlberg is one of the three Wahlberg brothers acting team that he said that he gave up smoking weed because of his kids. And he said, one day we were driving and you could smell it from somewhere. And my daughter asked what the smell was, so I told her it was a skunk. And she said, sometimes daddy smells like that to him and his wife. So he said at that point he knew he had to quit smoking. So you got two ends of the spectrums here. What are your thoughts, Pastor KL? Well, listen, from 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 this perspective that you know, I, I, I work in retail and when I tell you first thing in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, they smell like Jamaica. You know, mm. I, I, I never want a, I never want a passport to Jamaica. Because I, I, I smell it every day. You know, they, they, they smell just like Jamaica. And they come in there for their blacky miles or for their stuff to roll up. So these folks live this. This this is like if you and I, Pastor Steph, would get up and say, hey, let's have some orange juice for breakfast. They can't start their day. You know, we want coffee. They can't start their day without that. And that's just that it's in them. And, and then these are the same folks that say that they're, they're not addicts. Well, if I got to smoke the first thing in the morning when I wake up after I go and urinate, then I'm an addict. You know, and, and, and why would you go to your child's school like that and, and think that that's okay? No one wants to. First of all, if I don't smoke, I don't want to smell that. You know, I got a problem sometimes when, 
when a man or a woman put on too much perfume or cologne. I'm walking away. When you when you put the whole bottle on, now you got all this stuff in your clothes, in your hair. God forbid, listen, I don't know if, if y'all have experienced this, but sometimes you can walk by a car that has windows closed up and still smell the, the aroma of worship. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just it's just really, really bad. You know, it, it's a bad look. And when, you're, when your children recognize the smell, you know, and because someone says a skunk, then now, you, well, my dad smells like skunk too. You know, that, that, that's a problem. You know, and, and again, you know, we had a whole conversation yesterday, you know, well, not yesterday, the day before yesterday. You know, we, we want the children to stay in their place because we are the parents. But when the parent is making bad decisions, what place does the child have? There is no place to stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Brother Al has joined us. Let's hear uh, how much he's heard of this particular story and see what he has to say about it. Good morning, Brother Al. Did I say Pastor Al? Good morning, Brother Al. Chop, chop in the morning. Chop, chop. Of the morning. <laughs> Good morning, Brother Al, and thank you for joining us. Oh, Brother Al, we're talking about Wiz Khalifa. Did you hear the did you hear the report, the interview he gave? I didn't hear, but I know if you talk about Wiz Khalifa, you're talking about some marriage and water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it says that he has his own brand of uh, wheat. And it says that he uh, has admitted and he's proud to show up to his 10-year-old son Sebastian's school. He said he rolls up to parent-teacher meetings high. He says he wants them to make sure that he's, uh, they're getting the real him. He says, I want them to connect with the real me. They're not going to get a fake version of me or this made-up parent that society makes you think you're supposed to be. That's not how I'm going to live my life ever. Oh, all right, Brother Al. What say you? This is the way he's representing his family and his son. That's 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 insane. He said the people they think that society has it where we're supposed to be a certain parent. No, you'd be a certain parent according to how, you know, your child. Like, you, you don't realize that you're embarrassing your child as well? Because these kids have no filter. When they see something, they don't care if it hurts your feelings or not. They are going to make fun of you. And it's just, again, coming up, what in your sick mind saying it's okay to go to your son's school high and smelling like marijuana? Like, what's, what in your mind really says that that's, that's okay? You know, he, he, he's insane. He, he's actually insane to do that. And like I said, embarrassing his son. Because they're going to pick with him. Believe me, I promise you that. So now you got this kid getting picked on. And they'll tell him how he takes that. That's why these kids commit suicide and do stuff. So he's being real selfish right now. Very selfish. Because if you, if you, if, like he said, what he's saying is, I'm going to do this me, I, me, I. Well, you got a son now. So it's not just me and I. So that's, that's just crazy. Well, here's one of my thoughts. I have, I used to, there was a little boy who was in my care, 
and his parents smoked. And when I tell you that every single, now they claim they smoked outside the house, cigarettes, cigarettes. They claim they smoked outside the house. When I tell you that every article of clothing he had, the bag they put the clothes in, smelled like cigarettes. And I said, I wonder if you could even get secondhand smoke from just the the articles. When I tell you, I couldn't even stomach the bag coming in my house. I couldn't even stomach the bag coming in my house. It got to the point where I I, I got clothes. I got clothes. Don't even bother saying nothing. Don't even don't even don't even waste your time. So I said that to say, kind of piggyback off what you're saying, brother Al. Whereas, if you think that Sebastian is going to school and you smoke weed at the level you do and his clothes don't smell or he don't smell like weed, think again. And that definitely puts him in the line of fire to be teased and picked with. And like you said, you know, if you're talking about Wiz Khalifa, you're talking about weed because that's what he's known for. So now you rolling up to the school and this is what the this is what the teachers are smelling. So now you got the teachers and the kids. Now what happens when it becomes negligence or they decide to you know put a, a case against you, you know, for CPS or whatever they're calling it wherever he lives. What happens then? How do you defend yourself when you have put out there that you don't want to be the type of parent that society, what what type of parent are you even referring to? I don't get it. I don't get it. This is sad that, like Pastor KL said yesterday, we were talking about, you know, the children having respect. But what respect do you expect the children to have when you haven't even considered his feelings. He's not even five. He's ten. And we know that by ten, they're very vocal. And they have feelings. So it, it's just, it's, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. I mean, even Mark Wahlberg says, you know what, I thought it was fine to smoke weed, you know, until my kids said I smell like the skunk. Something has to wake you up. Something has to wake you up. Now, coming off the heels of that story, you've got Tiana Taylor, and I don't know how you pronounce his name, Iman or Iman Shumpert, who they've separated, they've been married, and they uh, separated and she initially, when they got divorced, um, and it, it was they started the divorce proceedings, she initially, you know, started with, you know, this is our private business. We're not separated or divorcing because of infidelity. You know, she put it out there that everything was okay. They just, things just weren't working. That they are good co-parents. Well, now she has a different story. They say that in court documents that she's claiming that he smokes weed when he's around the girls 
which are eight and three, and that he is failing to properly care for their for them and feed them. And now she's spilling it because she's angry. Now, here we go again. He's saying that he does not. That's not what he does. But there has to be a reason. Now, the little girl is eight and the other one is three. Now, there has to be a reason why now she's claiming hmm, he's smoking weed in front of the kids. He's not feeding them. Ah, what a mess. What a mess, Brother Al. What a mess. What a mess. What a mess. What argument do you have when you smoke weed, period, with your children around? Forget about in their company, in their presence, but around. What argument do you take to the court, Brother Al? There is no argument, and they're going to take. They're definitely going to take the kids. You know, hear hear out what the kids saying. See, what they don't understand too, when you're in a situation like that, and a kid has to go to court. Okay, when the kids go to court, they will bring in ACS or whatever's called around there, and they give the kid a lawyer. So the kid don't just go stepping in there. The kid steps in there with a lawyer from from the you know the children's protection place. And 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 like you said, there is no argument. For an eight-year-old to sit here and be like, yeah, my dad smoked weed and he don't feed us, you know, they tell you, hey, I'm hungry. Okay, let me hit this. Let me get a couple more hits and then I'll feed you. You know, like, <laughs> hey, <man>. uh, <laughs> let me smoke you up right here and then I got you. Now you didn't smoke and you got the munchies. You didn't eat up the kid's food. <laughs> you know, it's insane. Uh, what do you tell the courts, Pastor KL? What's your defense? I don't smoke in front of the kids. I, I think there is no defense. I mean, for, for, first of all, you know, to, to, to Brother Al's point, but I'm thinking a little differently, that when you smoke, you get the munchies. So at that point, you should be feeding everybody. Because now I'm in the mood to cook because I'm hungry. So if I eat, you eat. But, but you know, we, we talked about this before where, where, you know, parents just don't care anymore. This is what they're going to do. If this is your lifestyle, this, this was your lifestyle before you had children. So you might have, you, you should have had this conversation in your mind whether you wanted children or not. Be, because when you have children, some of the things that you like, you just can't do no more. You know, I wanted to be, as, as Brother I would say, a star. But when I had children, I couldn't be a star no more. Because my children could not survive off of my dreams. I had to do things to make sure I can take care of these little folks who couldn't take care of themselves. Now, when you're smoking and all this stuff, your mind is not there and it's definitely not on the children. So at some point, you made a bad decision to have children. Absolutely. Because that's always my question. He didn't start smoking weed when the kids were born. He's been smoking weed. And quiet as it's kept, you may have been smoking weed too. But you may have dropped the habit because you were pregnant. But he didn't. And he ha- and you ha- now have this expectation that now you're separated, you're divorcing, you have shared custody, 
You know, y'all are sharing the kids. And because you don't have custody yet because you just started the divorce um, proceedings. But now y'all sharing these kids. You think that he's going to, you know, take care of the kids when, they, when, they, when the kids are with him. And now you're hearing, because how would you know? The kids have to talk. The eight-year-old, she has to be talking. Because how else would you even know that he wasn't feeding them or um, he was smoking weed around them? The eight-year-old had to be the one who who told you. So now all of a sudden you're expecting him to do something different than what he's been doing. So where, where, where was your head? That was dumb. I got a question for you, Brother Al. Speaking on, okay, you know what? You met me doing this. What was the deal? What was it like? I'm not, I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go before you were married. You met me doing this, and this is what I'm doing, and this is going to, this is a part of my life. What was that? Maybe we lost Brother Al. Pastor uh, K.L. Come, come, come back. Oh, oh there you come, are. Come okay. back to me. Uh, no, uh, after K.L., come back to me. I got to get his teacher. So come back to me All after right. K.L. Okay. Pastor K.L., what was She's something on the bus. that you, you, <laughs> you met me doing this, respected, because that's just who I am. I'm not going to stop doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm not talking about those little simple, like I cook fish on Friday nights. I ain't talking about that. What? What? Okay, so so my my thing to that is, it, it it's twofold. So I bet you doing this, but was I doing it too? You know, because it was acceptable because I was doing it as well. You know, it it's it's almost like you know for 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 a parallel or comparison is that I met you and we were both in sin. And now, you know, listen, stuff has been rough. And somebody introduced me to Jesus, and I went to church, and I got saved. And I'm starting to see you and not liking what you're doing. And now I'm trying to force what I found on you. But the other side is I was okay for you, you know, when, 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 when we were buffer for, 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 for lack of a better term. And now, because you found a new, found religion. You want to change me. That's not fair. Now, yes, you could be concerned about someone's life and, 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 and their soul, but when you met me, this is what I was doing. When I applied for the job, I told you I can't work Tuesday and Thursday night. You hired me anyway. Now you want me to work two and Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday night. No, that wasn't part of the plan. That wasn't part of the contract. We, we're not doing that. You can't make me do it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Are you back, Brother Al? Because I do have another Yes, yes, I'm here. You. Oh, okay. Was there something that you were doing, and, and I'm not even talking about necessarily with Tamika, but just something that I'm in this relationship now, you met me doing this, and I'm just not, I'm not dropping it. This is, and outside of the Lord, Outside of the Lord, outside of cooking fish on Friday nights, 
What is there something that like no matter who you dated, you just that you just was not giving that up? Wow, I'm trying to I'm trying to think on that. Um, I would say it was nothing negative, you know. Like I, I wasn't going to give up my standards. I would say that, you know, regardless, you know, stuff I stand for, I'm not going to give that up. But if, if you're talking about like habits or things, you know, just like I, um, yeah, that's about it that I know because I was always willing to, you know, change some things to make the relationship work, especially if I'm causing an issue. So uh, I would say, you know, besides my standards and other things like church and stuff like that, um, nah, I was going to, you know, change some things to help out the relationship if I was causing the issue. Okay, so you were open, in other words. Because I'm not talking about standards, and I'm not talking about... Uh, right, right, okay. Like no, that. yeah, no, no. Because, I mean, that, uh, yeah, okay. that's a no-brainer. I, yeah. I was open to that. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I was, I was I'm, open. I'm not yeah, okay. expecting you to yeah, so I was standards. open to that. Oh, okay, okay. That, well, right, that's yeah, interesting. No, I, was, I was open to that. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, because a lot of people... There's always that thing that, you know, you, I, I can't, I can't, I can't give up. Um, and it, it, and I'm not even talking about anything negative. It's just certain, you know, because you, you found people who have gone, they've gotten in a relationship, and now they're jealous of who you are. You know, I, I was reading across a lot of these, um, as I think it's, it might be even in this particular case with Tiana Taylor, where she's saying that she, she yeah, it was her who said that she's she believes now that he's jealous of her celebrity status. Like she's, you know, kind of go because I didn't realize that he used to play basketball, you know, so you should be able to identify with that, Brother Al, um, that he's an ex-basketball player. I don't know how far he went into the basketball, but that's one of her complaints. She says that, you know, she her her uh, her uh, career has been moving, and his maybe not as quickly as hers. Let's put it like that. And you know, some people have said that they found that. Oh, here it is. She says she says in the in the filing that he is insecure about her career as a pop star and actress. And he started treating her differently when she started to become more popular and, and her status had grown. And that's what happens with a lot of people. You know, they could have met you doing something, you know, now the the the, uh, the, the celebrity status is not as great anymore because they're moving quicker than you are. It happens. It happens all the time. And now you run into this roadblock where – you know, I'm not giving up, and you're not giving in. So now we can't make it work anymore because you're now upset. So, you know, it's, like I said, it has, it, it, there's very little about standards. Nobody's expecting people to stop standards and things like that. But definitely, you know, it's good to know that, you know, you're open because I have to tell you, I ain't open. I'm not open. I'm not, no, I'm not open. I know, but there's certain things that, no, I'm sorry. You have a problem with that? Then I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not open. So it's not, it's good to hear that, that you're actually open because that makes for a much better 
you know, deal in, in you know, with, with your relationship. Well, I have one question. Well, you know, Pastor Seth, I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor Seth, just real quick. Well, see, the, the reason for that is, is, like, I look at it as if I'm doing, if I'm trying to be with somebody and what I'm doing is causing an issue, I don't see why wouldn't you, you know, be open to say, you know, a perfect example when, when I got out of college, I still was playing basketball. After I got injured, I still was playing. And when I met my younger son, mother, I was playing ball all the time. You know, I'm in all these tournaments and, you know, and stuff. And she was pregnant. You know, she, you know, at the time she was pregnant. So I'm gone all the time. And, you know, she had to do things by herself and stuff. And we talked about it. She's like, wow, you know, I know you love your basketball, but sometimes I need your help to do this and I need your help to do that. And I had to sit back and say, wow, you know what? I can slack down. I mean, I ain't trying to go pro or nothing. It's just record, you know, recreation is something I love to do, but I also got a responsibility. And then I was playing ball all the time. And then when my son was born, you know, to help take care of him, I went from playing basketball four or five times a week to maybe once every two weeks. And as he started, you know, as he was a baby, like once a month, something I never did. But, you know, I had to do that so I can help take care. So I'm I'm saying if it's something I'm doing that's causing an issue in my relationship, I don't have a problem with being open and, and, and you know, and fixing that. Okay. Okay. So let me let me help you understand where I am. So I as as counseling as a counselor for couples and young people and things like that, and you've heard me say this on the broadcast, when you start dating, you have to be flexible. Because everybody's different. Everybody's different. Everybody's not going to like the same thing, do the same thing, be about the same thing. You have to be flexible no matter who you're dating. You can't walk up into a relationship saying, I'm not changing nothing. That's a difference. That, that's much different than what I'm talking about here. You, can, you have to because you're, everybody's different and you're going to have to you know, kind of customize what happens in every relationship, and you can't handle the relationship today as you handled it yesterday. Now, in what you're, the instance you're giving, you were supposed to give up the basketball. You weren't an NBA player. You were supposed to. You had a new life coming into this world, and, 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 and it was one of two things. Either you played basketball all the time and left her as a single parent, or you cut back that basketball playing and you co-parented. That's not what I'm talking about. Because you were expected to do that. If she didn't even raise the issue and she didn't say to you, you know, listen, Al, blah, 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 like you said, the conversation took place. You was, if your mama came, if the neighbor came, if your coach came and said it, you were supposed to make that modification. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that at all. Those are things that we have to do because we mature. You invited this pregnancy into the equation. You were bringing a life into this world. You, you, whatever you were out there doing that would not make it easy for her to be a mother to this child, you were supposed to let it go or cut back on it. That is clearly not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just things that you do. It's okay. So I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. So let me let me see. Okay. So I've always been a person who's been a goal goal oriented. I always I was always known for doing my events and all of this kind of stuff. Okay. So now you come along and you're like, I love you, Steph, but you know what? This this thing about you always doing events. 
You know, can you stop? I've known people to walk into a relationship like that. Now, we've dated for three, four years, and you've watched me maneuver like this all the time. This is what I do. And now in order, because you ain't doing the same thing or because you don't get the same notice or you're not being finding, finding something that you do, now you want me to stop doing what? No, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I interviewed okay, you yeah, I at see, the Sitter Awards. I interviewed Brother Alex Sitter Awards. That's what you met me doing. You go out to these events. We interview people, blah, blah, blah. Now, all of a sudden, you walk up, and now, you know, I'm asking you, you know, can you let that go for our relationship? No. No. Can I cut it back a little bit? Yeah, maybe if it's just like an over abundance of it. Let me put it that way. Then maybe, maybe, you know, I won't do 10 shows a year. I'll do six shows a year. But to stop it, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Because my thing is, whatever, isn't this what you attracted you to me? I don't understand. And this is what happens quite often in the, in a lot of relationships. You walk up and in, you figure, you know, well, you know, I can hang with this. And then after a while, it don't. You ain't getting the same notice or you ain't getting the same attention or now that y'all together and y'all married, you ain't home as much or whatever. That If you're not home at all, that's one thing. But if you're not home as much, that's another thing. And that's something that should have – here's the point I'm trying to make, Brother Allen, Pastor Kale. This is stuff that should have been spoken about before you got into the marriage. Before you got into the marriage. Yes, if this yes. was bothering you that I was out doing 10 shows a year, then you should have said, you know, Steph, do you think, you know, you're willing to kind of slow down a little bit because, you know, I don't see this, you know, you being at full, you know, full force and we having a good relationship. Talk about that in the beginning. Don't wait till later and now we don't have a relationship at all because you can't handle it. No, 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 no. That's that's not as they say, that's not cool. That's not cool. So that's what I'm talking about, Brother Al. I'm not talking about what you know what you said. You was you were supposed to be a father to that child, equal equal to how she was being a mother to that child. So I hope I make a little more sense. Um, no, no, no. What, what 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 you said what what you said made a ton of ton of sense. I understand better now on what you were saying because as you was talking about, I do remember when I got in relationships and back in the days I used to be there a lot, and the girl told me. You always DJ when you want to turn a gig down, and I look at her like she was crazy. I said, you talk that, but when I get that money and it's time to go out to dinner, you all right. I'm not stopping DJing, so you knew that when you met me. Matter of fact, you met me DJing. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So I definitely see what you're saying. I, I definitely understand. Okay, 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 yeah. It, it, it causes a lot of problems. And, you know, it, going back to the original um, conversation about, this, um, you know, when she's mad now because Tiana Taylor's mad now because she's saying that he smokes weed and he doesn't take care of the children. My thing was when y'all were together, what was what was happening when he was smoking the weed? Excuse me. Because you were there, you may not have noticed it because you were already filling in the gaps. Now that he has to take care of these kids on his own, now you see what's most important. The weed. Because that little girl must be speaking about the fact that they're not eating and they're not getting the attention when he's smoking. So, or she's saying something that's making you come to this conclusion. 
And it goes back to what Pastor K.L. said. What did you think was going on before it's still going to go on today? All right, I got five minutes. And I'll, well, you know what? No, this, I'm going to save this for next week, Friday, because this is, this is, this is a little juicy. This is a little juicy. But, uh, you know what? I'm going to take some time to pray before we go out for the weekend. So, I want to thank you gentlemen for your contributions into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. As a matter of fact, before you go, what would you like for us to pray about today, Brother Al? Oh man, just just um I would say pray 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 for our country. You know, I'm looking at what's going on with these um silent seekers coming into at a point where they moved these kids out of school and made them do remote learning to house these people. So just uh praying that, that you know, God give these leaders the right decision to make concerning our people and as well as our children. Okie dokie. Thank you. So the kids are still at the forefront. Thank you so much, <laughs> Brother Al. What about you, Pastor KL? What are we praying for today? Well, um, all seriousness, I, I would ask that you guys uh, pray for Alabama and our weather this weekend. It's supposed to be um, a really bad tornado storm um, and going down to 17 degrees uh, wow. starting tonight into Monday. We're supposed to be having a world wind of tornadoes. So, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody knows, but Alabama is known for tornadoes, and when they come, it wipes out the whole city. Wow. Is this tornado season? I'm sorry? Is this tornado season? Yes, this is tornado season. Okay. This is definitely okay, okay. However, we've never gone down to 17 degrees. We are in Alabama. Wow. That's unheard of. Wow. Wow. All righty. Definitely we'll be lifting you all up in prayer. Thank you so much. Pastor K.O. All right, gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. Good well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You too. Thank you. All righty. Let us hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. When we are coming before you right now, dear Heavenly Father, giving you thanks for us even being able to be on this broadcast this morning. And Shanti always says, thank you for calling our name today. And I always like to say thank you for inviting us into today, God. And even in these, this, this, these conversations about the local news, about our celebrities and their lives and their families and their parenting. We give you thanks, God, because it's an investment. Something was said here today that jolted someone's thought, helped someone think deeper about a situation or something that's being done around them, to them, with them, in them. And we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for an opportunity to even start our day like this. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all of the listeners. And we 
We trust that they're tuning in for something. And we're trusting that they're staying on. So they're not just coming on and leaving. But it's something that they're anticipating that they will hear, that they will be receiving, that they will be ministered to, that they will be encouraged, supported. There will be some advice or guidance given from you through us. And we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you have chosen us to be the ministers this morning. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that we're in good health and that we can be on this broadcast. And even if we're not feeling, you know, at the magnitude of the greatest health, dear Heavenly Father, we're grateful that we're even able to be on. And God, before we go any further, we want to lift up Pastor Charlene before you, dear Heavenly Father, who has not quite recovered from the procedure or the illness that she experienced, dear Heavenly Father. And we ask you, God, did you just cover her body? You know how important she is to this broadcast and this ministry, dear Heavenly Father, and we miss her greatly. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that while she's away, that her body is healing that she's healing physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, dear Heavenly Father, and that you are taking care of her home, you're taking care of her marriage, you're taking care of her life, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we want to thank you for giving Elder and I teach her traveling mercies as she's been all the way to Africa, dear Heavenly Father. And we know that she could have gotten near God and met something completely different. They could have been at some type of war or been attacked, or but... You kept the ground safe, God, and we're grateful. And she's testifying that she's had some monumental experience, some awareness, how she's been changed from her visiting that location to Heavenly Father. And we're grateful, God, that whatever it is that she receives, we know that she's ready to share it. And we know that we all will benefit from it, God. And we're grateful that you've given her and her husband traveling mercies. You've kept their home safe, dear Heavenly Father. You've kept their family safe, God, while they were away. We ask you, God, to be with Pastor Kim, who was in a car accident, dear Heavenly Father. And we just ask you to just keep her safe, keep her protected. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that her and her mom was able to walk away Car totaled, but she and her mother were able to walk away, God, that regardless of what happened to the car, that you kept them in a protective barrier. Thank you, Father. And we thank you that they're all three who have ministered here are still blessing others with their lives, God, that we have not heard that any disaster has taken place, and we're so grateful for having them as a part of our family. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for Pastor KL, for uh, Brother Al, dear Heavenly Father, and what they were able to get on and share with us this morning. And we ask you to continue to bless their life. Touch them, that everywhere they go, they will minister. As Brother Al is in the school, dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to just touch his life, that everything that he takes from your word, he gives to those children, to the parents, to his colleagues, dear Heavenly Father, and that when he walks those grounds of that school, God, it is unlike anyone else who's there, dear Heavenly Father, that he changes wherever he lays his feet. 
We ask you, Heavenly Father, to protect and keep Pastor K.L., God, as he's um, in and out of his job, God, traveling from location to location, Heavenly Father, and that he, too, would be a blessing to all of those who come in and out of that establishment, Heavenly Father, as he is in control and has authorization. We pray that he understands the role that he's been given and that he handles that role with kit gloves because he's always representing you. Lord, right now we're lifting up our children here. And we're lifting up our children everywhere, God, in this United States who are now sharing space with the migrants that are entering into this country, dear Heavenly Father. We ask you, God, to protect them as they share school space, that any uh, illnesses that they may be carrying from whatever country they're coming from, dear Heavenly Father, that these children are protected, that you take care of their health, God, even though they may be carrying some disease or infection, dear Heavenly Father, that you protect their bodies. Lord, as these children here in New York have to be shuffled around or had to be shuffled around, dear God, to accommodate the uh, the migrants for their protection, their safety, and their comfortability, we ask, dear Heavenly Father, that there are no hard hearts. We ask you, God, to give them some level of understanding and empathy and sympathy, God, that, you know, nobody wants to be moved around or shuffled around, especially at the last minute. But, God, we, we, we are at the mercy of whoever these politicians and lawmakers are, that they don't have a thorough plan, that they did not lay out any of this stuff properly, and our children have been the ones who have had to bear the brunt of, of, of the, and be displaced, not just now, but before. Things have to be customized a little differently for their safety, so that means that there are new uh, practices in order, new rules in place, and we're just asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to watch over every single one of them. Give them a heart for people. Give them a heart for circumstances. Help them to understand that these families are fleeing from unsafe conditions and and they're complaining. These children don't have anything, but they're complaining. These children don't know where they're going to lay their head. They're not warm. They don't have friends. They don't have toys. They don't have games. They don't. They, they don't have comfortability of being in their own but they complain so we ask you God to give them a heart of appreciation that they would learn to understand what it looks like to not have and that it would just kind of jolt them to be more grateful to be more appreciative that they don't have to get about their house at a moment's notice, that their family is not trying to find a place for them to live necessarily, but they have warmth, they have food, they have clothing, they have loved ones, they have friends, they have activities, they have possessions. And these children that are in these migrant families, they don't have any of this. So we ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to cover them, cover them all, those who have and those who don't. And we ask that they all learn to share common ground, that they would not tease any of the children, make them feel bad, 
but they would even have teachers and staff that would help them understand a way to look at things differently. Lord, we're lifting up the state of Alabama and any other state, God, that is in the wake of tornado season. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just cover them, keep them safe, protect them, God. That they're about to experience weather that they've never experienced before. We ask you, God, to just cover their homes. Pastor K.L. has talked about the fact that they have just been without completely, wiped out completely. They don't have a home at all. And, Lord, we know that you understand what's coming through. You see, you already know what's going to happen. They don't. They're just hoping and praying for there to be not as much damage as it has been in the past. So, Lord, we're petitioning along with them. We're not hoping. We're praying to you. We're not without hope. We're we're, we're not trying to figure it out. We know that it's all in your hands, God. And we know that you will take care of all of it at the end of the day, God. And some may be displaced, and we ask you, God, to just have that ram in the bush for them. Whatever they can do, we ask, God, that you give them what they can do. That they're not walking around just not thinking of how to protect themselves or what safety measures that they need to take. We ask you, God, to even cover the authorities, cover the politicians, that they are preparing properly to help these families that just might be displaced or be in need. And there won't be this lagging assistance afterwards where no one knew that this was coming through or what to do because they've never experienced it at all. So whether it's FEMA or whether it's Red Cross or whatever other organization, the Heavenly Father, that you have set up to be assistance, God, we ask that you just put everything in place and they act accordingly, that they act responsibly. We ask, God, that people such as Pastor KL and all of the other people, God, and believers, would join together, even if they're not literally holding hands, but that they would all look to you for where cometh their help. They're not leaving anything to chance, but they're calling on your name, and that they're all speaking the same language. They are all trusting you. They have all leaned back on the times that you've brought them through, And they are really believing that no matter what happens, that you've got their back. We're thanking you, God, that you're enabling us to have that type of conversation with you today, God. That we're grateful for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for everything you've done in the past. Thank you for what you're presently doing And we're trusting you, God. That's why we're calling on your name right now. We're needing you. We're relying on you, God, whether it's for our children, whether it's for the the tornadoes, whether it's for our daily needs. We're calling on you right now. God, we need you to help us mentally. 
for those who are just not stable mentally. We're asking you, God, to just be with those of us who can't handle it. For those, dear Heavenly Father, who are not emotionally stable, we ask you, God, to just stabilize every heart. Be with each and every person that they will learn to rely and lean on you. We bring you all of these things, God. We ask you to take us safely through the weekend, God, and that we would all come back right now together at the same location, ready to hear from you one more time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm -mm. Oh, isn't it good to know that we can always rely on God for anything and everything? There is nothing too small and nothing too big, and we don't have to, you know, worry or scratch our head and wonder if God is hearing us, if God is going to answer our prayer. You know, we know he's going to answer. It may not be just the way we think, but we are walking in faith. We're walking in faith for the things that we cannot see, but we're trusting God. For all the great things that he's done We've had a wonderful week This is our first full week in a while And we're just giving God thanks For all that he has allowed us to do For us to be together For paying the bill for Blog Talk Radio So that no matter where you are You can tune in Wherever you are geographically You can be a part Whether you're calling in Whether you're dialing in Via the internet you can be a part of whatever God has. Sometimes you just need to be on the listening end. I just need to listen for you, God. Whatever you got to say, I'm just going to take it. And I know that it's for me. I may not even need it right now as far as I'm concerned, but whatever it is, you know I need it. You knew I would need this. If it's for those of us who are ministering, then we're speaking only what the Word of God gives us. We're listening for God to hear what it is we need to give to you. And believe it or not, we're recipients as well. As the table, you know, as we go around the table, we have to listen to one another. And sometimes it pierces our heart a little more than we think. But we give God thanks for being a recipient and being the giver. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, Pastor KL and Brother Al, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to anyone. I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube page, A Closer Walk Christian Talk Show. You'll see Brother Al and his interview as he hosted the, the, the seventh annual Sitter Awards. It was a blast. You're going to enjoy all the interviews. We had a wonderful time. Make sure you join in and just we need the, the viewers and we're not going to do anything risky to get those viewers we want to definitely just entertain you and give you a word any way we can until monday god spares where it's 
shaking the Monday morning blues. Until then, I love you.